0: Great hymn for this passage, isn't it? Just beautiful. And there's going to be some parts. The title of the sermon is entitled, O Church Arise. And it's going to be uh, looking at a little bit of the imagery of this hymn and also of this, of this passage of Scripture. Although I cannot do justice to it like this. I mean, this will stay seared in our brains. And actually, I'm going to be looking at the bigger picture. Uh, uh, to which the particulars are, I'm not going to do any damage to the particulars of this, I mean what can I do, Uh, uh, move us away, you will always see what is it, the belt of Bugs Bunny and (laughs) exactly here is uh, God's word it is uh, the book of Ephesians and it talks about life as a battle it talks about the Christian life as a battle, as a waging. Paul is very good with metaphors. He has some really powerful metaphors in the Bible. The, the, uh, the human body that we are the body of Christ and, the, and he talks about all the various parts of the body. He talks about running a race. He talks about an athlete and, and the imagery of striving. He uses the imagery of a Roman soldier which was going to be, it would be truly known in that era. The Roman soldier, the legions of Rome, and the power of Rome, and the strength of Rome. He said that there's a battle, and and I saw something on, uh, that we are in a battle. And and it just reminds me, I saw something on Facebook this week that um, I I just realized, because sometimes we forget that life can be a battle. And it said this, everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind, always. And I love that. I love that. The idea is, all around us are people that are fighting a battle. You are fighting a battle, and various battles. We're going to be looking at the kinds of battles, the nature of the battle that he is talking about uh, here, and how we together can be strong in faith. Uh, the New Testament uh, lesson this morning is Ephesians chapter six, verses ten through twenty. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His power, and put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. for our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness. Against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand, uh, that you be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever uh, will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. And with all these, take the shield of faith, with which you are able to quench all the uh, flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit at all times and in every prayer and in supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the good news or the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. The word of the Lord. a powerful, powerful metaphor. And yet, um, what's, the, what's the thing that stood out to you in this reading or in this children's message the most about this metaphor that he uses? What, what stood out in your mind? Faith. Yes. A battle th- that sometimes we're focused on, maybe we're focused on the wrong battle. And, uh, yes? For me, it was directly related to had the Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. That is exactly right. Oh, that those moments—it really comes to. Uh. Yeah, yeah. And I and I want to talk about that, that because that's exactly where I wanted to go with this. For me, this is a disturbing image. It can be. I mean, it's a very powerful image, but it's very risky. Why would it be a a dangerous image in this day and age? Violence, exactly. When I hear militant Christianity, what do you think of? Militant any religion. Yeah, we just we 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 see you know this world of militant I- and extremism we call it. Uh, it, but it has been captured, if you will, by those negative forces, and then and then w- sometimes we spurn and turn away from the powerful imagery that is here. We're going to talk a little bit about something that I learned this week and I read this week that helped me with that image with that metaphor it was a, a blog a blogging post by a really wonderful theologian his name is uh, Frederick uh, Beekner who is uh, a tremendous theologian and pastor he's a Presbyterian minister uh, trained at Yale and and he taught at Union Seminary and uh, Princeton and so forth It's just ha- profound uh, just a tremendous and had a blogging post about this, uh, about this imagery, and about this, uh, uh, this metaphor, uh, and this idea of militantism, and this that is almost a violent image. But, um, but and also, though, that has been captured. Because I think about, how can we see m- a militant attitude as a positive? Yes? Da, da 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 okay, there's that. How could a militant be a positive? A strength. 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 So what's another way to say militant in a positive way? Protector or defender, but, but to get at the real energy of that. Conviction, passion, a passionate Christian. Uh, Shirley, I'm going to use you. Um, At our last inspirations, you used terminology that was this terminology. Radical. Now, that also has some negative connotations, but the idea is a passionate, fully committed, that, that you're putting everything into this. You can't hold back. You cannot hesitate. If you're in battle, he who hesitates is lost. That's also true on the highway, <laughs> which is also a battle. <laughs> but it's that idea of passion; it's that idea of putting everything you have in this. And I really liked uh, Beekner's uh, blog, and I'm going to share this with you. He, uh, in his book uh, *The Magnificent Defeat*, uh, he gives an insightful. Uh, imagery of the, t- and he calls it the two battles. The two battles. And I'm just going to read this because I just think it's so very powerful. Whatever we do to live is to do battle under different flags. And of all our battles, there are two, I believe, that are major ones. Two battles that we need to focus on. The first is a war of conquest a war of conquest, which is a war to heat the blood of even the most uh, timorous, because one way or another, we all fight to conquer. We want to fight to conquer in this world. Not literally the world, perhaps, although like Walter Mitty, we may dream a little in that direction sometimes. But for the most part, our goal is a more realistic one, just a place in this world, a place in the sun, our place. We battle for our place. We feel that we must conquer a territory in time and space that will be ours. It is, uh, if that is the goal of this war of conquest that we all must wage, there are also the adversaries with whom we have to wage it, and they are adversaries of flesh and blood. Back to the passage. They are human beings like ourselves, each of whom is fighting the same war toward that same end under a, a banner emblazoned with the same word that our banners bear, and that word is me, myself, my family, my country, my race, me which is really myself in the largest of letters. That's the flesh and blood battle that we fight. My place. To use the metaphor of Ephesians, what is the armor we wear in such a war? Not certainly the whole armor of God here, but rather the whole armor of man. Because this is man's war against other men. In such a war, perhaps you wear something like this. Gird your loins with wisdom, the sad wisdom of the world which knows that dog eats dog, that the gods help those who help themselves, and charity begins at home. Put on the breastplate of self-confidence, because if you have no faith in yourself, you cannot trust to your own wits, then you'll never get anywhere. Let your feet be shod with the gospel of success, the good news that you can get just about anything in this world if you want it badly enough and you're willing to fight for it. Above all, take the shield of security because in a perilous world where anything can happen, security is perhaps what you need more than anything else. The security of money in the bank or a college degree or some basic skill that you can always fall back on, and take the helmet of attractiveness or personality and the sword of a strong wit. That's the whole armor of man. Fighting the uh, the war of flesh and blood. It is a war of conquest. My place, the banner of blazing, you know, unfurled before us me then uh, Beekner goes on to describe the other kind of war the one which Paul speaks up speaks of but there is another war that we fight of course of all of us the one is one is not a war against flesh and blood for we are not contending against flesh and blood the letter writes that Paul writes then against what what worse is there to contend against in this world than other people The principalities, the powers, the world rulers of this present darkness, the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, Paul writes. This is another war of another kind altogether. This is the war not to conquer, but the war to become whole and at peace inside our skins. It is a war not of conquest, but of liberation. Because the object of the other war is to liberate that dimension of selfhood which has somehow become lost. That dimension of selfhood that involves the radical nature of the capacity to forgive and to truly love. And to will the good, not only of the self, but others. This other war is the war to become a human being. This is the goal that we are really after and that God is really after. This, uh, this is the goal that power and success and security are only forlorn substitutes for. This is the victory that not all our human armor, armory of self-confidence and wisdom and personality can win for us, not simply to be treated as human, but to become, at last, truly human. Truly created in God's image. I like that imagery. It helps me understand. It's a different banner. So that I can sing, O Church, Arise. And we can talk about actually waging a battle. Okay. Okay. I want to sing. Here it is. Here it is, here it is, here it is. (laughs) To rage against the captor. To do mission is to go out as a legion together and to wage a battle to liberate those who are captive in our neighborhoods and all around us. It is a battle of love. It is a battle, and we want to have all the passion and strength that we can muster. No holding back, taking every risk. You know, um, what do they say? Uh, we're in the line of fire. You know, that's where we uh, that's where we are, as we go out from this place, not to stay in the safety. Of, of the confines here, but to wage the battle together. Now the other thing that I liked about this, and that, and that just changes all those lyrics, it changes everything for me. And I hope it changes it for you. But then the other thing I wanted to share with you about this, about this imagery is, um, is the whole armor itself um, Mark did a fabulous job of it, looking at the individual pieces. But there's something about the Roman armory that we need to understand. Um, This metaphor, it's it's the Roman armor was set up not just for the individual soldier, although we read about the individual soldier. The armor was only as good as it was in connection with the others the others it was not the strength of the roman army wasn't the arm, wasn't the soldier it was the legion the shields linked together the armor had to be facing forward it there was little protection on the side and the and the rear so you had to face forward any soldier that broke ranks put themselves at risk and everybody else. So this is an important thing for us to know. In our day and age, we miss this reality. In our highly individualized age, our cell phone-staring, button-pushing, thumb-twitching world in which we don't realize that we're not the only thing in this world, but that it's only our strength as a, as, as a community. You no know, legion sounds so very militaristic. But we find our strength, even our individual strength, when we are together. And sometimes that will mean that we have to put aside our personal feelings and our personal agendas and what we think so that we're going together, facing the same direction uh, together. And then the last thing I just wanted to mention uh, that I I, I just really – Realize there is no um, in this doggy dog world in the battle of flesh and blood. There is a minimum age and there's a maximum age, uh, but not the spiritual battles and not the spirit, uh, uh, not in the battle of liberation. There is no retiring, and uh, also there's no minimum age. As soon as we love Jesus, we are part of the legion. And your gifts and your strength are together. And so oftentimes, I've been preaching, for example, uh, 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 during this season, uh, uh, really focused on the busyness of our lives. And and sometimes it it kind of moves away from also the battle and the strength and what we receive from our seniors. In our legion, our community of faith, what is there? What is the great strength there? Uh, it, it, it goes on, and I, The reason I mentioned this is because of Carl, uh, because of Frederick Beekner himself, who wo- wrote this wonderful piece, this wonderful assistance to me. He's 89 years young, and he's blogging. I read it this week, his his latest blog about this passage. He's not retired. He is a champion of the faith. And, uh, and I'm going, ah, you know, and as we were at the inspirations, you know, uh, it, they just started sparking. I mean, most of us were seniors of us, you know. Uh, and it was just powerful this idea of radical, militant Christian faith. What could we do? And how could we do it? What's going to be the most effective? And iron sharpens iron, as the as the ideas were sparked and shared, and uh, ways in which, as a community of faith, we could make a difference. No one said, "Well, you know, they won't listen to me because I'm I'm a senior," uh, or oh, "We can't really do that," uh, you know. If, if, if things that we really couldn't do were expressed, but with this idea that, "Yeah, we can." And maybe I need to reevaluate that. Yeah, we can. Maybe that's exactly what we need to be doing. So anyway, I, I just really was heartened by this this idea that there's no minimum age or maximum age limit on being a passionate part of Christ's legion, making a difference in this world. And uh, we have we have gifts of wisdom. We have oh, the other piece of this is. Uh, the the thing that is mentioned most in this passage is it was read. I don't know if you heard it, but it, was, it wasn't faith, wasn't truth, wasn't salvation, but it was prayer. At the end of that it said, so you need to be praying. You need to be praying for each other. You need to be praying for, uh, for your own strength. And then he says, pray for me, and pray for me this way, and pray for us to do this. I think prayer is that mechanism that he said at the beginning, put on the whole armor of God. I think prayer is the mechanism that does just that, that it focuses on faith and truth and all of that together, and community for us to do that together. That's the word of the Lord for us this morning. May we be strong and stand firm together. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the power and beauty of this day. Thank you for these images. Sometimes it is unsettling. It shakes us up a little bit. But at the same time, it is so powerful and beautiful. And help us to see the nuances of new faith and radical faith that will lead us into new directions. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.